Introducing the Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, Live the Big Stuff podcast with New York Times bestselling author, Christine Carlson. With 25 million copies in print, learn how the Don't Sweat Wisdom can help you achieve greater mental health and better communication with your family, friends, and coworkers from a beloved teacher. Rediscover your passion, joy, and self-compassion to awaken your most vibrant life. Hi, and welcome back to the Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, Live the Big Stuff podcast with Christine Carlson. Before we begin, let's go ahead and take our golden pause. So wherever you are, sit comfortably. If you're in a chair, just uncross your legs, and if you're sitting on the floor, go ahead and sit Indian style, and either way, put your hands your palms open on your lap. And if you're driving, then just, of course, pay attention to the road and just breathe with us and and use this as a real centering exercise. So let's go ahead and take some breaths together. And when you breathe in, breathe in through your nose and allow your chest and your belly to fully expand, taking in the maximum amount of oxygen. Filling your chest and your belly with air. And as you exhale, just let go and relax and even let a sigh out as you exhale. Just let go. This time as you breathe in, breathe in golden sunlight, pure golden sunlight to every cell of your being, all the way to the top of your head, to the tips of your fingers and your toes. Fill your core with golden sunlight. And as you exhale, let go deeply and relax some more. This time as you breathe in, fill your heart and your core and your whole body with pure love, pink love. Just fill yourself up with love. And as you exhale, let go of fear. Just let it go and relax. This time as you breathe in, filling your chest and your belly and your head with golden sunlight, go ahead and place your hand on your heart, activating your heart, opening your heart, and spend a moment in pure gratitude, just thinking of a person, a place, something somebody said to you recently, just any experience of gratitude could be the smallest thing. And just breathe for a moment that pure feeling of gratitude that brings so much joy. And as you breathe in one last time, exhale and open your eyes. Well, I'm so excited to um, be back with you today, and we have an amazing guest on. And Christine Hassler is a friend, a wonderful woman, and she is the best-selling author of Expectation Hangover, The 20-Something Manifesto, and 20-Something, 20-Everything. She left her successful job as a Hollywood agent to pursue a life she could be passionate about, And for over a decade, as a speaker, retreat facilitator, spiritual psychologist, and life coach, and host of the top-rated podcast, Over It and On With It, she has been teaching and inspiring people around the world. Christine believes once we get out of our own way, 
we can show up to make the meaningful impact we are here to make. You can visit her online at christinehassler.com. Welcome, Christine. It's so nice to have you on. I'm so happy to be here with my fellow Christine. <laughs> Yay, Christine and Christine. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, I remember a time when there were three Christines in the room together when oh, we were yeah, up at Sea Ranch. <laughs> exactly. I know we love Christina Rilo too. All right. Well, I'm so excited to have you on because, first of all, I just I love all of your books, but especially Expectation Hangover. Mm. And you know, but before we dive into your work, I just love the my audience to to know you as a woman and you as then a teacher. And you know, so if you wouldn't mind just sharing like about how you did leave your Hollywood agent career and what was your life like at that time and what mm. made you choose such a do such a huge pivot turn? Oh, my life at the time looked amazing from the outside, but on the inside was a completely different story. I was sort of like a duck on water. I looked smooth and confident and things were going my way and I was making great money and, you know, doing all the celebrity things because I worked, you know, have this fancy job in Hollywood, but underneath I was full of anxiety, self-doubt, insecurity, depression. <laughs> it was, it was really great under the surface. All that fun stuff. <laughs> all that fun stuff. And I learned, you know, a lesson that I think all of us are here to learn um, in my mid-20s that nothing outside of us can fulfill us. It's a total inside-out game. But I didn't really – I, I kind of knew that intellectually, but I didn't know how to really generate happiness from the inside out. And I also really didn't know how to heal myself. I didn't know that I could live without depression. You know, I was diagnosed with depression when I was 10 years old. Oh, I was wow. told, you you are depressed. You need medication. Oh, wow. And so I just assumed that that was part of my – that was just part of who I was and that was just part of my reality. So I had a lot of belief systems about myself, about the way life worked that weren't really taking me in the direction that I wanted to go, but I didn't really know how to change them. I, I knew how to achieve. Like I knew how to make things happen. I think a lot of people can relate to feeling insecure or feeling like we need to prove ourselves. And so that becomes a way to motivate ourselves and achieve things on the external line of life. But it was like filling a bucket with holes. So, you know, there were things about it I liked. I, you know, I felt a sense of accomplishment and I, you know, the entertainment industry was fun in a lot of ways, but there was also this tremendous confusion and sometimes guilt for having this seemingly great life, but not being happy on the inside. Mm. Yeah, that is such a, that is such an interesting feeling. I've been there myself at different times in my life where everything was just amazing. And yet I just wasn't feeling my life exactly with, with really deep joy or anything. Yeah, exactly. And, and so many times when we're in that, we don't really know what to do. And I think that that's where a lot of people have their first wake up call. And a lot of people are drawn to personal transformation work. And that's why I was so passionate about writing expectation hangover, because what an expectation hangover is, is, is basically when things go according to plan, but you don't feel like you thought you would, or things don't go according to plan or life just throws you a curveball. And we're taught, you know, algebra. And I took a year of Texas history in school and we're taught these things that like down the road, what is the point of them? But we're not really taught how to respond to challenging times other than just be strong, get through it. And what I really learned as a 
you know, spiritual being having a human experience is that it's not really about getting through it. It's about going into it and asking, what am I learning and looking for the healing and looking for the growth? But that's, it's not easy to do because then we have to be willing to look at our shadow. We have to be willing to stop blaming external circumstances for our internal state. And it, to me, it really takes being a spiritual warrior and being willing to give up in a lot of ways, everything, everything we think we know about life, ourselves, our belief system, and, get back to remembering who we truly are because it's, it's all in there anyway. It's just, you know, I thought for so long that change was about going out and learning a bunch of new things. Like if I read enough books on productivity or making things happen, things would change. But what I've learned from some of the most amazing teachers I've had and just my own experiences is that, you know, it's really been a process of removing what's in the way, the beliefs and the blocks and insecurities and getting back to the essence of who I am. And isn't that kind of, isn't there a saying, there's a quote by Rumi that says about love that we have to remove the blocks to love. It's not about finding love, but it's about yes. removing the blocks we have to love. Yes. Uh, R- Rumi could read me the instruction <laughs> manual to my ceiling fan and it would be beautiful. <laughs> I know. I'm a big Rumi, a Rumi and Huffy's fan too. <laughs> oh, Huffy's. Yeah. Oh, stop. Yes. I know. I love that. I love those. I love all of those as well. Um, So if you were going to like, cause I know you have quite a life coaching practice and, and, um, so when you work with people, what is kind of like your process for working with people? Like, how do you, what what is it that you first, you know, pass the intake part? Like, what do you, what do you propose to teach and how do you propose to teach someone to find their happiness from the inside out? Well, there's really not a formula. And, And for me, yes, I'm a, a life coach, but I also, um, have a master's degree in spiritual psychology and another one in consciousness, health and healing and have studied with other people who have really trained me on how to deal with people's pasts as well. Because when I first started as a life coach, um, I was able to help people, but I felt a little bit out of integrity, not really knowing emotionally, psychologically, and spiritually how to help them. Yeah. Because, um, and life coaching is great. It's an amazing profession. I think that, um, you know, there's, it's a, it's, it can be a bit of a confusing profession too, because there's no regulation. And I think when people are looking for life coaches, they kind of don't know how to pick one. And my advice is always, you know, pick someone that really truly resonates with you and is actually living the kind of life that you want to live. But for me, I, my approach to people um, is so individualized. When I talk to someone or sit with them the first time, I intuitively kind of get a picture of their life puzzle pieces. Mm -hmm. And I consider my job kind of like going into the, the, the darker caves of their life Mm -hmm. where all the, where all their answers are. Like I believe that every person has all the inner resources they need, but I just go in with the lantern so that they can see the writing on the wall. That's beautiful. (laughs) And, um, you know, really create a safe space of, of my primary job as, as a coach, as a spiritual psychologist is to hold a space of Mm non-judgment. Cause I know for me with my teachers, like my first teacher, her name is Mona. Um, she was the first person, especially in like a healer coach therapist capacity that I sat in front of and I felt just unconditional love from just the space of whatever you want to say, your deepest, darkest secret. I'm not going to judge you. You You're safe. I had that experience too, as a young woman in my early Um, twenties. Yeah. I had a transpersonal psychologist and 
and she had, you know, she had like, you, you went down, she had it in her home, you went down this little staircase and you entered like this little cave and there were only big cushions on the floor and there was like Nag Champa being burned mm -hmm. and, and there was just spiritual, just everything around on the shelves and pictures of her guru and 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 I felt that way that 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 was really the the way that facilitated healing in me was that she was able to hold that container so beautifully and just really just listen with such love to anything. Like I was like that too. I was like, man, I could tell this woman my freakiest freakiest thing, yep. you know, and she would yep. just love me. So I love it that you do that and that you and that you said that because. That really is that is the greatest facilitator of healing. I, yeah. I absolutely believe that. It really is. And I think, too, you know, when we hold that space for people, we can't be attached to our own agenda. That's why I think sometimes where when there's too much, like, structure, structure, you know, <laughs> we're kind of, like, putting through someone, someone else through our plan rather than really allowing it to to unfold. So it's kind of like this dance between meeting them where they're at, creating the space and also, and also calling them forward. And, and for me, coaching, it was not Christine, anything I ever planned at, yeah. at all. I, I was writing my first book and interviewing people for it. And people after the interview would call me and say, can I set up a session with you? And I'd say, well, I got the interviews over. Like why? And they just <laughs> said, well, you're, aren't you a coach or a counselor or something? And I was like, no. And this happened, you know, five, six, seven times. And I went to Mona and I said, people are saying this to me. And she said, oh, I know, baby, it's your gift. And I go, I've been coming to you for like six years trying to figure out what to do with my life. Like, you're just telling me this now? And she goes, well, you, you weren't ready yet. Yeah, exactly. She's like, you weren't ready and you had to find it yourself. And I'm like, oh, I'm ready now. And she's like, well, you'll never really be ready to do this work, but I'll help, I'll help you be prepared. <laughs> wow. That's awesome. And that is awesome. And now you're doing, you do so many retreats. You just got back from Bali, right? Yeah, I did. Um, we do one international treat a year and this year it was in Bali and we're going to do Bali again next year because people just had such off the charts experiences and the place is magical and the Island of Bali itself, as you know, is, is pretty intense in a, in a beautiful way. And I really love, um, you know, taking people on retreats and just like immersing them in another culture and, and spiritual energy and environment. And, you know, cause like, you know, personal growth work, if you're really willing to do the deep work and get in the weeds, it's intense. So why not do it in a beautiful place? <laughs> that's, did, that's you, my did you guys go to that water ceremony? Like, yeah, we went to, so since I've been to Bali so much and I know people there, we went to like a super secret local water blessing, um, that not many people know about. Was it the, so, woman, the young woman? Pardon me? Was it the younger woman that was doing so, it? So that is one of the high priestesses, the younger woman. She yeah. does water ceremony. We didn't do that because that's a little too far away. So there's like water blessings you can do. And then there's like water ceremonies with high priest or priestess you could do. And yeah. the woman you're thinking about, yes, she's amazing. I've been to see her last time I was there. And she's she's the youngest ever female priestess. She's she extraordinary. Yeah, yeah, that was something. I got one from her when I was there. It was really special. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's It's... No, and I think that we all have those places and cultures and traditions we resonate with, and that's been a big part. You know, for me, and, and I really think this is important to emphasize, um, 
there's a lot out there right now about, uh, you know, spirituality and it's, so it's becoming so much more accessible and almost trendy. And some things I get from people are they, they know they should be more spiritual, but they're having a hard time feeling it or they don't know how to start. They don't know what to connect to. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes that's because there's some trauma or emotional stuff that needs, that's like the first layer that needs to go. And I feel like a lot of people try to jump right to like meditating and yoga and spirituality and plant medicine. And cause I want to get there, but there's often this kind of layer of just some stuff from the past that they may need to clean up and some emotional release work that may need to happen. So I just say that because I don't want people to feel like they're blocked spiritually if they're having a hard time accessing it. Because that was what it was for me. Like I had to kind of deal with my depression and deal with some of the emotional stuff I was carrying around. And then once that cleared out, it opened up more of a channel to my intuition and more of a connection to a higher power. The thing is, our connection to our spirituality is always there. It's just like, are we aware of it? And if there's a lot of kind of emotional stuff or past stuff or, or even belief systems that need to be updated, sometimes the antenna can be a little foggy. But, it, but it's in there. So I just want to encourage people, don't be discouraged if you're not feeling connected yet because the path will reveal itself. Oh, I love that you said that. I, I uh, know somebody who struggles that way, and it's, it's super, super hard to know what to say or what, what to do to help them, you know, because they, they just they don't feel connected to anything. And they don't and – and I, I mean, I, I don't even know how to, you know, how to – how to deal with that, like in that sense of like, well, because I feel so connected to everything. <laughs> but that makes a lot of sense that you have to work through, you know, yeah. the barriers that have been, have come because of the emotional traumas that create those blocks. And again, it's like going back to, to taking away the blocks to experience greater love. I know, I know when Richard died, my heart had a wall around it that I wasn't even aware of. Like I, and I didn't even know it was there, but it was definitely keeping me from experiencing the depth of feeling in my life. And, and I still felt a lot. I mean, I wasn't depressed or anything. I just was living I I was just living my life, you know, mm-hmm. and I didn't mm-hmm. even realize until my heart had been completely broken open what that it was even that it even existed. And then suddenly the contrast to the way I felt and and the awakening I felt at, at mm-hmm. that point was what showed me the wall that was there and mm-hmm. you know, I hate to say, you know, that is that is like the great benefit of going through um trauma and being op- broken open, but a lot of people don't get broken open in trauma. They they shut down and create that's a larger true. wall. That's true. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry about that. No, that's okay. Yeah. So so um well, that's fascinating, and and it sounds like you have. I can see why you have such a full practice because <laughs> that, that that is definitely a a wonderful skill and also a learned skill from your um, education too. You know, but I'm sure it's much more of an intuitive, um, really intuitive realm for you. I don't do a lot of one-on-one coaching ever because I just don't have the patience for it. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I love know, right retreats. now it's, it's, I love it's, leading it's, retreats, but I don't do one-on-one coaching very much. Yeah, I get that. I totally get that. And you know, for me, it's, I did one-on-one coaching extensively for a good decade. And now I just work with a few people at a time and, 
do more masterminds and retreats and, and online programs where people still get one-on-one with me. And, um, but it was really like, it was, I, you know, I think that again, like life coaching isn't regulated and therapy is, you know, you have to do 3000 hours and I've definitely done my like over, I've probably done at least 10,000 hours of the one-on-one and you know what, like, yes, I've helped a lot of people and the person I've helped the most is, is myself because everyone we sit in front of is a mirror and sitting in front of people who are broken open by something has helped me break open even more and being able to, you know, practice all the things that I'm teaching has been key. When, when I, when I first started, um, coaching and and I'm assuming maybe there's a lot of like coaches and healers that listen. So this may be helpful. I was getting really tired at the end of the day. And I said, you know, I said to Mona, I'm like, why am I getting so tired? And she's like, well, cause you're getting triggered. Like all your, like whatever they're talking about is triggering <laughs> something kind of unresolved in you. And so it was always like a great mirror for me of being like, oh, there's my work or there's my work or there's my edge. Um, and eventually we get to the point where, you know, we're not as triggered anymore and we can kind of hold that space for people, but that's just like the growth process. And we're, we are spiritual beings having this human experience. We're never there. We're constantly evolving. And like you said, we learn through contrast. You know, we sometimes have to have those really challenging things happen to us to, to get to the, to, to really understand true joy and true love and, and true connection. It's just kind of the nature of the human experience. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I'm, um, I would really love to sort of spend a few minutes talking about this new online program that you've developed because it's really, it's the same title as your podcast, right? Over it and on with it? Yeah, yeah. So the podcast um, is live life coaching. People call in that coaching live on the air. It was just a way for me to be able to help more people. And, and also what I saw in facilitating so much is that people really learn a lot when someone else is being coached because our defenses are down when we're listening to someone else. And there's just all kinds of aha moments that happen in groups or retreats. And so I thought, how can I create this in a way where, you know, I can coach people on the air and they don't have to pay. So people get free access and then other people can listen. And that was such a success. And I have a wait list that's probably, it's like 200 people long. So then I started to feel like, oh gosh, well, what do I do now? Like, how do I help more people? How do I make this accessible. And then the other thing I heard was like, you know, I I don't know, really know how to deal with the emotional side of things and like how to, where's the holistic stuff. And I also want a group of like-minded people. So I came up with a survey. I surveyed my whole community. I had almost 700 people fill out the survey and I'm like, what are you struggling with? What do you need to know? What are the tools that you want? Like, how can I help? And it's like a lot of questions. People filled it out and I spent a month reading every single answer and taking all of that and all my 12 years of coaching people, my own personal experience. And like, how can I create an online course where there's a space for unconditional love, where people learn how to do emotional release work. Like I, I demonstrate anger release work in the course. Like we really go for it, um, where they can update their beliefs, where they can learn forgiveness, where they can download meditations and connect to a higher power and just get a really holistic, program, like almost coming to a retreat, um, but also have live coaching calls and the support of a community. And that, that was what originated the course. And, you know, Christine, I, I've known, I quote unquote should do an online course for like eight years now. And I've seen so many of our peers and colleagues go out and just smash it with courses and do awesome. But I just didn't feel the inspiration. Quite frankly, the only motivation 
up until now was, well, maybe it would be a nice way to make passive income. And money's never been my number one driver. Don't get me wrong. It's great. Money's great. We should all like value prosperity. But if my only driver is that, like, I'm not going to do it. I have to feel inspired. I have to feel connected. And I have just been so lit up about this. I've never worked so hard on something, but I've never had so much fun too. And, and that's kind of another, like, just thing I'd share with people is, you know, there's a lot of things we feel like we should do, but you'll really know when, when you feel it for me, like until we feel it until it's a hell yes, like maybe it's just not time yet. And I'm like that too. Yeah. Yeah. It's like not, let's not force ourselves to do things that maybe we're not ready for. And let's really trust the divine timing of things. So the timing is now for this and I'm, I'm thrilled about it. Yeah. So just to remind everybody, if you want to find out about the online course, um, over it and on with it, you can go to, um, www.christinehasler.com and that's C H R I S T I N E. H-A-S-S-L-E-R. But before, um, we still have a few more minutes. And so I wanted to ask you, Christine, just to really give our listeners a really, um, you know, your best nugget on how do we make a shift happen in our lives? Because Mm. I know you probably, listeners, you're probably thinking, well, I have plenty of shit happening in my lives. I don't want any more shit happening. I said the word shift. (laughs) (laughs) How do we make shift happen? So first of all, let's go go ahead and describe what what we call shift, because I know what you mean by that, but I'd love for you to describe it to our listeners. Yes. Well, really what I'm talking about is transformation. And what what transformation really means is um, an up-leveling. So all growth and all healing, we create a shift in our vibration so that we're no longer resonating at the same frequency we've been been resonating with or vibing with in the past. And when we shift our vibration, when we shift our consciousness, we shift what we attract in our life and what we create in our life. So if we want to attract different things, if we want to create different things, if we want to think different thoughts, if we want to feel different feelings, we have to shift our consciousness. And we do that by clearing out what's in the way. So a lot of the things we've talked about, you know, a lot of the things that that keep our frequency down is unprocessed emotion. If we're carrying around anger or resentment or shame or sadness and we're just being strong or numbing it through some coping mechanism like eating or drinking or overworking or people pleasing, fixing it, fixating on other people or relationships or whatever then that keeps us at that frequency until we bring it up and out. Same thing with belief systems. If we really want to create shift and transformation in our life, we've got to look at the story we tell ourselves about ourselves and about life. Like how much longer are you going to carry around the story that people abandon you and you can't trust them because your father left when you were eight? Like, is that really true that all people are going to abandon you? You can't trust anybody. So how much longer are you going to carry around the story that you can't afford it? You know, how much longer are you going to carry around the story that life is hard or that you're sick or whatever? And so that's another way we shift is really looking at the beliefs in the story we create and we tell ourselves about life. Because as you know, Christine, there's what happens, which we can't always control. We do have influence, but we can't always control it. And then there's what we make it mean. Mm -hmm. 
And what we make it mean, we do have 100% control and choice over. And I think that's what we forget. And that's one of our biggest keys as humans to making shift happen is realizing that we get to choose what we believe. And a lot of belief systems, because we thought the same thing over and over and over and over again, they form these neural nets in our brain. So just like if we want to change our body, we've got to do a different exercise program, we've got to lift weights, we've got to change our diet. If we actually want to change our brain, the wiring in our brain, we have to bring more awareness to what we think and shift it. And then, and then also there's the shifting of behavior. You know, a lot of our behavior, actually 93 to 95% of our behavior is unconscious. It's just reactive. It's, it's, we're not even realizing what we're doing. So bringing more awareness to why we're acting the way we are, like why we have the habits we do and starting new disciplines, like even a meditation practice. I love that we had that golden pause at the beginning of this call. It felt so good. Like imagine if everybody did that every day when they woke up in the morning, like yeah, this shift that exactly. that would create in well, life. Several times a day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just like, whoa. So, and that's, you know, the final thing I'll say is that with shifting, a lot of times people approach it as all or nothing and just try to, you know, it's kind of like if you make New Year's resolutions and at January 1st, you're like, okay, I'm exercise every day, meditate, no sugar, no gluten, no dairy. And the day before you weren't exercising, you weren't meditating and you were drinking wine and eating cheese and having chocolate. Like you can't go from that. Sounds exactly like, like my, sounds exactly like my December into January. <laughs> Right. How does that, how long does that last? <laughs> well, for me, it usually lasts because I'm totally filled up, but I totally get what you mean. And in many years past, I have not been as disciplined at New Year's resolutions. I totally remember that, that yeah. I would make this long list and then, you know, within a week or two, I would be totally, no, I'm not doing all that. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. So we've got to like, Take these shifts in and small steps and manageable steps and, and, and kind of one thing at a time. And, you know, I didn't do this alone. I've had teachers and communities, and I, I do think that we can't get it all from books. We can't get it all from just a one-way street. We have to put ourselves in programs and with teachers where there is, there is some interaction and there is someone, like, that we can connect with so that we're not just so that we can be shown our blind spots, honestly, because we all have them. Yes, we do. That's right. And our blind spots are blind to us, but not so much to others. It's in, and I'm sure we've all had that experience. Those who are listening, you can, you, you know how you can see somebody else's issue. They can't see it, but you see it before they do. We yeah. all are like that. I mean, we all have our issues that we can't see. And that's so true. I, it's one of the reasons why almost every year, in fact, I'm craving something right now. Every year I try to do some sort of spiritual workshop or retreat or something very intense that's even a longer program just because mm -hmm. it, it, it deepens my growth and it deepens yeah. my perspective and my awareness of myself too. So yeah, I, I completely agree. It takes a transformational partner and accountability buddy and leader and teacher or many of them to inspire us to do that growth work and, and yeah. it's so valuable to our lives. It's, it's, it's where the joy actually is birthed. I mean, it really is. Don't you agree? Oh, 100%. 100%. Cause it's like we, when we're around people that um, are just a little farther along the path than we are, right. Um, that have 
maybe a little more experience or have more access to that, it, it's like a transmission and it sparks that in, in us. And it's like a remembrance of, oh my gosh, I have that in me too. And, and I also think like it's, it's in those transformational settings and it's in those times where I've done some really deep nitty gritty, like sweat cry work yeah, me too. that, that I've just come, you know, just, I've found ecstasy on the other yes. side of those. Yes, absolutely. That anger work and yep. just the really deep stuff, the shaman, the shaman work, all that stuff. I, I mean, I like you, I've pretty much done it all. Like <laughs> I've pretty much from the time I was 20 on done it all. And yeah. I say Richard and I were the two most healed, <laughs> healed 30 something year olds ever because we had just done every wow. modality known to human beings at that point. But it was, it, it's been a, a fascinating journey and one that never ends, you know, because mm-hmm. unless I think, unless you're, you know, you have your pockets, your moments of enlightenment and buckets of enlightenment or whatever you want to say it, you know, we're always on that journey of growth and, yep, that's and, right. it, and it's, it's a beautiful process. Um, I just talked to a friend of mine on the phone and, you know, she's been meditating now really seriously for a couple of years and. And it's really now shifting her consciousness and she's just on fire about it, you know, and, mm-hmm. and it's so cool to see that, you know, a woman at, you know, 50 years old mm-hmm. can be just as on fire as I was when I was in my twenties, you know, and, Amazing. and, and to elevate that way and to, to feel such a, a tremendous, um, source of peace from her own elevation and stuff. I, I say, just said, you're doing the work for the planet. Just yeah. meditate more. <laughs> I, that, I'm so glad you said that because I think that there's so much pressure to go like be big and impact the world. And the quote I have, you know, the picture I have sitting behind me at my desk is be the change you want to see in the world because the best way we impact the world is we heal ourselves. Like honestly, like that's the biggest impact we can make because then you know, if, if each person does their part in shifting their own consciousness, that's how we really change the planet. And then when we live in that frequency, the interactions we have, everything from the work we create to how we interact with the person that checks us out at the grocery store is going to be different. Absolutely. So, you know, I, I, I've had to remind myself not to get caught up in what does the impact look like externally, but more how am I a commitment to waking up and just allowing that commitment to be the impact. Yeah, because if you make it about the larger impact and all of that, that's just ego and that just exactly. takes you away from it just takes you away from you know it it takes you away from consciousness and awareness if if you get in your ego about it. And that and that is like that is in in our work and as authors and community leaders and so forth it it's the biggest work that we do is to keep our ego at bay and to not make it about ego things. You know, one of the things I loved about our weekend, Christy and I just came back from my first weekend and she's been with the Association of Transformational Leaders for many years, but I had my first experience and quite frankly, I was really terrified that I was going to walk into a room full of egos and it was Mm. the opposite. All the people there were just so lovely and you know, they, they had a very high elevated awareness and consciousness, but they weren't in their ego about it. And that's, that's why they have that consciousness is because they're not in their ego and they're doing their work from that pure place of pure heart. 
just like you, Christine Hassler, mm-hmm. which is why I'm having you on my podcast today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. Well, you've just been such a gift to me. I mean, your home was where I wrote most of my last book. So that's always going to be very, very, very special to me. So thank oh, you. Thank you. Yeah, she's speaking about my home at Sea Ranch, which I do rent out on VRBO if anyone listening wants to be on the Mendocino Coast. <laughs> <laughs> it's beautiful, and the energy there is just. If you're a writer, you have any creative project, woo! Oh my God, a vortex! Yeah. It is a vortex, and there are more best-selling books that have been written out of that yeah. house than than any other house on that coastline. That is accurate. <laughs> you, Mike Robbins, Christina Rilo, Richard Carlson. Oh, the list goes on. But hey, Christine, thank you so much for joining us. I just want to remind everyone to definitely check out Christine's new course, Over It and On With It. I'm sure you're going to want to after you've listened to this podcast interview with her. She's so lovely, and she just is a classy, classy woman. So thank you so much, Christine Hassler, for joining um, my podcast today. I just loved our conversation and connection. Oh, thank you so much. Me too. Yay. (laughs) All right. Don't forget to visit Christine at um, christinehassler.com. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, Live the Big Stuff with Christine Carlson. Chris invites you to join her for the brand new What Now program, a six-week offering carefully designed to take you on your own unique journey through life-altering transition and lead you to self-discovery and your most vibrant life. Receive access to powerful audio teachings, an in-depth workbook, and deeply valuable insights on passion and joy from a beloved teacher. Visit christinecarlson.com to learn more about how you can be part of the What Now program.